Hello and welcome back to Life of a Polyglot, the podcast for language learners. So, this is the second episode for February and the second episode of season one, where my season theme is food. So, last episode I covered my word of the month for February, which was culinary. Um, If that's something that you think you'd be interested in, I highly recommend you go and check it out as well as, if you're new to the podcast, the first two introduction episodes that I did. um, They covered the main segments that I'm going to do uh, and the January word of the month, which was Legionnaire. Um, This episode, I'm going to cover a new story, my language diary, obviously not the word of the month because I did that last episode. Uh, but my first app slash course review and the app review is going to be for Duolingo. Um, yes, and my I will be answer, answering eight more questions in Spanish uh, relating to my season theme of food. So, um, yes, that's it. The second episode for February commenced with my language diary. Okay, so now I'm going to answer my first four questions in Spanish and they are ¿Prefieres los mariscos o la carne? Do you prefer seafood or meat? ¿Cuál es tu bebida favorita? Which is your favorite drink? Cuando era pequeño, ¿prefiere los caramelos o las frutas? When you were younger, did you prefer sweets or fruit? And finally, ¿con qué frecuencia comes las, los caramelos? How often do you eat sweets? So now, the first question. ¿Prefieres los mariscos o la carne? Prefiero los mariscos o la comida del mar porque me gusta un trozo grande de, de pescado, especialmente si es rico o a la plancha, con unos pedazos de pan y unos trozos de una verdura frita, especialmente las patatas fritas o patatas dulces fritas y unos hongos o pimiento picante a y a la planche. Sin embargo, me chiflaba sobre las hamburguesas, especialmente cuando había pollo o jamón, pero también me encantaba una hamburguesa de vaca o un filete rico o y salado. Second question. ¿Cuál es tu bebida favorita? Mi bebida favorita es una taza de hum, zumo de naranja o quitas una vaso de jugo de manzana, especialmente cuando estoy comiendo mi almuerzo porque normalmente tengo un empapredo de queso con tanaburios y un trozo de mantequilla. Cuando era pequeño, prefiere los caramelos o las frutas. Cuando era pequeño, 
Me gustaban los caramelos porque son dulces y no conoce que hacieron a mis dientes. Pero ahora lavo mis dientes dos veces en el día todos los días y la mayoría de mi dieta es las verduras y las frutas con las carnes, aunque porque estoy soltero, soy vegetariano eh, en este momento. Pero cuando tengo un novio o una novia, creo que comeré más carne que es en mi dieta ahora. Y finalmente, ¿con qué frecuencia comes los caramelos? Como los caramelos o un trozo de chocolate. A menudo, quedas dos veces a la semana. Pero en los fines de la semana comeré mucho, aunque normalmente como las frutas, las uvas y naranjas y manzanas y piñas y platanos y a veces las uvas azules. So, now I've answered my first four questions in my language diary, I'm going to answer four more. These are, ¿Qué comiste la noche pasada? What did you eat last night? ¿Como desayuno todos los días? Do you eat breakfast every day? ¿Comes almuerzo todos los días? Do you eat lunch every day? And, ¿Qué no te gusta comer? What do you not like to eat? So first, ¿Qué comiste la noche pasada? La noche pasada Comiste un plato mexicano con pollo y los pimientos picantes y muchas verduras picantes. Aunque me chifla la, las patatas fritas picantes más que las verduras. Segundo, ¿cómo es desayuno todos los días? Sí, como desayuno todos los días. Pero mi amara no come desayuno todos los días. Normalmente se levanta muy tarde. Sobre el 10 en la mañana, aunque cuando tiene que ir a la escuela, se debe levantar a las 7. Después, ¿comes almuerzo todos los días? No, porque estoy muy ocupado normalmente, especialmente en los fines de la semana porque quiero siempre jugar los videojuegos o navegar por internet, buscar las canciones nuevas del mundo también, así que puedo bailar a las canciones con mis amigos y conozco todas las palabras, palabras cuál es importante para mí, porque me encanta eh, cantar especialmente en los lugares extraños y eh, y los lugares de interés. Y finalmente, ¿qué no te gusta comer? No me gusta comer, comer unas verduras cual de China, especialmente las, los legumbres dulces, picantes o fritas, y el ajo con el, algo cual no, lo no conozco ahora, pero cuando lo conoce que es, lo voy a llamar un nombre muy feo. Now answered all eight questions in my language diary. Let's move on to the second news story of the month. And this to follow the theme of food purely because it's breaking news. Let's see what it is.
Okay, so the new story that I'm featuring in this episode for the second episode of February is that language abilities are affected differently by a newly discovered brain disease. Um, this is report, as reported by BBC News from a study by the students at the University of California. Um, and what they found was that English speakers had trouble pronouncing words um, and Italian speakers and English and Italian native speakers were the patients that they used. Um, but yeah, the Italian spoke shorter and more simple sentences. Um, they surveyed 20 English speaking patients and 18 Italian speaking patients who all had primary progressive aphasia, which is a neurodegenerative disease which affects areas of the brain linked to languages. Uh, and it, from this study, it's thought that, well, we know, um, teachers of linguistics would know that the consonant clusters that are so common in English uh, pose a challenge for degenerating speech planning systems, whereas Italian is supposedly much easier to pronounce but has a much more complex grammar system resulting in shorter sentences. Um, just on a side note, um, English is a Germanic language uh, whereas Italian is a Romance language derived from Latin along with French, Spanish and Portuguese. Um, and as a result of this study, uh, there's growing concern that many non-native English speakers may not be getting the right diagnosis because symptoms aren't the same across languages as proved by the study. A disease can affect uh, the ability to speak languages um, uh, differently reg regarding the type of language that you're speaking, whether it's Germanic, Romance, whether it's an Asian language, um, etc. Um, and actually this has spurred increased interest actually uh, that further studies want, uh, are in the pipeline to be conducted, um, especially using a larger study sample um, just because 20 English speaking patients who have primary progressive aphasia can hardly represent the entire population um, who are living with this degenerative uh, disease and similarly 18 Italian speaking patients can hardly represent the entire Italian population who are living with primary progressive aphasia um, but not only conducting wider studies but also into languages such as Chinese, Arabic, Japanese um, to make sure essentially that people are getting the treatment that will be effective for them um, and having heard this breaking news courtesy of BBC News um, I guess it doesn't come as much of a surprise that the language abilities would be affected differently by um, the type of language that you speak um, but really that I guess knowing as many languages as you can would mean that through if you were to um, develop primary progressive aphasia that you could deal with this in such a way that you cannot that you can not only retain 
the ability um, to produce more complex um, dialogue, but also in the pronunciation, you can use parts of different languages to um, to cohesively produce and communicate what you're trying to say, um, and therefore we can just reinforce again the importance of learning languages, not only for what it enabled, enables us to do, that respect that you can demonstrate when you're travelling abroad, um, but also that it can, it can, it can save your life. Um, so that's the news story for the second episode of February, and that is that language abilities are affected differently by um, the type of language spoken uh, if you have developed primary progressive aphasia. So, now I've covered both my language diary and the second news story for the month. Let's move on to my first app review, which is Duolingo. Okay, so on with my first app review, which is for Duolingo. Um, I'm reviewing Duolingo just because it's the app I'm most familiar with, with the different functions and capabilities of the app. And um, just a general note on app reviews before I get started. Um, I've considered in the past, when I've been thinking about this feature, kind of putting it off for a bit just because it seemed quite like quite a daunting task. Um, I've considered the features which I might include like many features so within the word of the month obviously I've done the popularity trends, the origins, significant events that might affect the popularity trends etc. Um, and so when it came to doing the app review feature I uh, was considering these features for quite a long time and one of the main things obviously is that they would be useful for both me and the community um, and I thought that it would make sense to do just a basic app review uh, generally and then just bolt on the end all other comments which would make the review useful for language learners specifically as obviously that's you guys listening. Um, Despite the fact it's already useful uh, by default for language learners, as I am by definition reviewing, it, reviewing an app which will or is supposed to, I say in air quotes, um, help with um, the language learning process, whether that be capabilities in reaching fluency or passing an exam. Um, so for the basic app review, I'm just going to review the core functions and characteristics of the app. So the first one I'm doing is price and for Duolingo one of the things that attracted uh, me to it in the first place was the fact that the base app is free and once downloaded um, and you've created an account to save your progress which I highly recommend not only because it means you can save your progress um, but there are a few other features which you can't access without an account 
even a free account, uh, which I'll talk in a bit more detail about later. Um, but once you have an account and you've downloaded the app, which is free, um, you can learn on either the mobile or the desktop version, and you can interchange, uh, which makes the app very convenient and portable, uh, as well as, how, as having different functions specific to each version. Uh, I guess in order to make, motivate you guys as the users uh, to use both formats as the versions have been modelled to maximise use of the different char- characteristics of mobile and desktop viewing. Um, the interface itself on desktop and mobile is very aesthetically pleasing, something that I would very rarely say about a different resource like a grammar textbook for example. Um, for me though, the fact that it looks good uh, is a big motivator for me and ultimately increases my productivity compared to other apps I've tried in the past. Um, there is an option to pay a monthly subscription fee for premium, which is a relatively new addition, uh, purely because the mission statement, again in air quotes if you like, um, of Duolingo is to make learning free and fun. Uh, the premium subscription, for the most part, um, especially in my opinion, is seemingly pointless, but it entirely depends on your reason for learning a language um, to begin with. Uh, For example, if you're learning for a transfer abroad for work uh, and you're not learning to really take your time and enjoy the, what I could say is an enlightening experience, it certainly has been for me uh, in terms of the culture of the languages that I've learnt. Then the premium gives you unlimited hearts uh, which is crucial if you need to learn the basics fast and uh, can't afford to waste time repracticing skills in order to gain hearts, which is something that you can do that I... For saying I've used the app for four years, uh, relatively recently found out. Um, and then once you've spent the, that time gaining those hearts to do the lessons, then you actually have to go and continue le- your learning. Um, and as you have five daily hearts, which refresh every two hours or so per heart um, and where you're losing two or three hearts a lesson um, especially when you're new to really ensure those keywords phrases and structures really stick you could probably do about five lessons a day absolute maximum without speeding up the regeneration of hearts with a and I should uh, stress no credit practice session uh, no credit just means that you gain XP from all of your lessons which um, is used in the leaderboard feature which I'll talk about a bit more later Uh, and also that five lesson figure is obviously realistic because everyone has other things to do in their life Um, obviously if you didn't have anything to do if you came home from work and had four hours let's say you could do a lot more Um, so it all depends on your situation but that is also just without the premium subscription. Um, But yeah, so for work purposes, premium is an almost must have, I would say, uh, despite the potentially high cumulative price. Um, But because the amount of lessons this full heart perk would enable you to do daily, uh, realistically, the fact that it almost triples, I would say you could probably do 15 lessons quickly just because 
um, of the fact that you can quickly skip through the ones that ones that you get wrong without any deficit, um, and the fact that you can do so much more learning means that you may you might only have to pay for the premium for one two months and then you can go back to the uh, free account, which is another thing I should stress. You can go back to a free account when if you cancel your payments. Um, which once you've learned the basics, you, you only need a free account to then just reinforce that knowledge whenever you feel like it's slipping. Um, the premium feature also helps in general though, uh, if you're using it to support formal tuition or just learning for leisure even. Um, although there's no reason why you can't use the practice feature to, to regenerate hearts. Uh, the premium feature is not the only way that Duolingo encourages you to practice though. Um, although the potentially horrifying um, thought of how much the minutes you're not practicing are costing you, um, well, it's, it's quite a bit of motivation if you're using the premium feature. Uh, as the but another thing is the incorporation of goal reminders, uh, which you can choose to receive for, by email or phone notifications, tablet, whatever you use for Duolingo. I think the tablet uses the desktop top version so that would I think it can still use both email and phone notifications uh, you can use one or the other or both which encourage you to study by encouraging you with encouraging messages uh, and reminders especially of how little time it takes to learn a language uh, especially if it's made a daily habit but for this you obviously need to make time for it in your life and it to make time for it, you're going to really have to want to do it. Uh, forming habits is always a difficult thing, uh, but with enough drive, you can make time for it. Um, alongside the encouraging notifications, which in my opinion do very little to, vote, to motivate me, uh, because despite the persistence of the messages, they are very easy to ignore, and the real motivator for me to use Duolingo uh, which I've not seen in other apps of similar caliber is the leaderboard feature I talked about earlier which turns essentially the potentially monotonous study routine into a game which for a highly competitive person such as myself is highly motivating um, because in order to maintain your place you must continue to learn you must continue to do lessons stories um, and there is a story section which I which is a new addition but I really also highly recommend um, yeah you must continue to learn and continue to do lessons it's I have done this in the past where it's sometimes possible to do a 30 minute session um, at the beginning of the week and the leaderboards are refreshed weekly uh, and still maintain your place or even go up a league if you're in the lower leagues, um, of which there are 10 I should mention, which then again continually motivates you to learn. Uh, as But as well as motivating you to learn in a variety of ways, um, it caters for the development of all your language skills uh, with options to turn speaking exercises on or off using matching exercises, short translations, both from your native to target language and the other way around, uh, alongside listening lessons and audio dedicated lessons in many languages, of which Duolingo caters for 20 alongside endangered languages such as Navajo and Hawaiian. Uh, and 
also uses its podcast and story sets to help develop your listening skills to the maximum alongside speaking and the community created from the leaderboard feature really just helps me um, to know that I'm not alone in this what can sometimes feel like a struggle when there are words that just you, you can't make the connection with um, or phrases, structures, etc. Um, so yeah, the app ticks many boxes uh, and even has a placement test for those with prior knowledge and the opportunity to skip lessons with checkpoints. Um, although, and this, well, the checkpoints increase. So for the first checkpoint, I think there's only about six or seven skills you need to learn and they are very basic just the first words in your language or if you're learning if you were your native is language is english or um something similar um and you're learning a language with a completely different alphabet like russian or chinese the first checkpoint goes a little bit further um because obviously you have to le- learn the alphabet before you can apply that to any words um, and that's where I think it's definitely useful to learn the alphabet, uh, but I think you should come to a language learning app with a general knowledge of the alphabet before uh, you try to attempt to actually learn the language. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's the checkpoints. They increase. So the first checkpoint might be seven skills. The next checkpoint might be 20 skills. Um so that's yeah and they are mini tests so they don't obviously cover everything but alongside this there uh, is increasing difficulty of lessons as your confidence with the vocabulary taught in the skill increases uh, such as gap fills and larger translations the general acquiring of vocab is approached in an interactive and visual way uh, but doesn't guarantee you'll remember the actual word uh, as you'll probably still pick the right word Uh, matched with the right image regardless of whether you would have known it was the right word without the images Um, and the thing that Duolingo is missing or the main thing that that Duolingo is missing which I've seen included in other apps is the function that you can have your speaking accent and translation work marked by a native speaker which is especially important um where you're learning a language where intonation or there are yeah the, uh, intonation or accents is key and the inter- uh, different intonations can ch- completely change the meaning uh, because whereas in Duolingo you'll be told that's not quite right or try again later the input of a native speaker shows exactly where you went wrong um, yeah like I said especially relating to accents and intonation in languages which feature a lot to know. Yes, so the final feature I think it's worth mentioning is the Word Strength Coach, available on the desktop version, which will not only tell you the amount of lifetime words, but the individual strength of each word, which is reflected in your heart regenerative practice sessions where weak words are reinforced, and also helps if you want to create flashcards or use alternative methods of revision to strengthen your vocabulary. Um, and do you know as a result which words you need to revise? So overall, Duolingo is an app which offers many features um, 
alongside helping to develop all key language skills, but has drawbacks such as the lack of inclusivity of direct input from native speakers regarding the intonation of your speech, especially relating to languages where intonation is key, and the lack of direct grammar input, which can help you develop your extended writing skills and formulate and articulate your opinions using the vocabulary you've learnt, um, and therefore benefits the support of further tuition or resources. Um, if you're learning for work, premium is, a, premium is a must, and if you're learning for an exam, such as a skills-based exam like a CEFA or Common European Framework exam, uh, unlike a GCSE or A-level where a required vocabulary list is imposed, the focus on skills is of paramount importance and extremely useful for a brush-up or an in-depth study. Personally, I'd really enjoy using it and would highly recommend it, but take into account your circumstances before you commit to premium. So, that has been my app review, my first app review, which was on Duolingo. So that's my second episode for February all done and dusted. I hope you've enjoyed it. I certainly have. It's been slightly longer than the usual episode length but that's just because of the length of the app review and I didn't quite anticipate how long that would be. Um, But yes the next episode will be up before February is out. Um, If you haven't already listened to the first February episode or the January episodes I highly recommend it Uh, but yeah that's all I have to say Uh, this has been Life of a Polyglot the podcast for language learners